Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to movies that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello. Um, this week we are doing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We are. Rolls which, off the tongue. Yeah, I know. I'm going to really struggle to say that. <laughs> I slow my words way too much. Which was actually my choice. It um, was. But, well, I think I chose that just mid-episode uh, last week, didn't I? You did. We did a brief kind of interlude on how Sideways and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang should have been like a crossover film. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Which I haven't done this week, spoiler alert. But, no, yeah. me neither. But anyway, just if I know, tell me about why you chose that film, apart from it just being on the fly. Well, it's a very happy film from my childhood, which I always enjoyed watching, and mm-hmm. I thought it'd be interesting to see where I could go. Yeah, it's one of those films that's from everyone's childhood. It's like Mary Poppins. It's just one of those films that you know is ageless. People, whatever, even though it's years and years old, it's whatever generation you might be from, you remember watching that film as a child. It's just it's just always yeah. on the TV. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I assume you've watched it back. Yes, I did. Um, what did you think? It's long. Man, it's long. It's longer than you think, that isn't it? That film doesn't even get started till one hour five. Yeah, that's the thing. The car, <laughs> plays a very sm- surprisingly small role in the film. It does, doesn't it? It doesn't even really show up until the first, like, yeah, the hour mark. Yeah, I mean it's in the first scene, which I want to get to later. Yes, um, but yeah, and then, <laughs> but then after that, it's yeah, the, the car isn't really in it very much. And it's, no, it's not. Yeah, and it doesn't really play that much. All it does is really is the subject of a song, mm-hmm. and it gets them to Bulgaria, or mm-hmm. does it? Bulgaria, Bulgaria, yeah. Oh, but yeah, apart from that, it's basically just about a neglectful dad and his tearaway kids who are constantly almost dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that being said, in fact, it's so long it has an interval. I know. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you think films today should have intervals? No. No? You were, you, you're pissed no. off by the interval? Yes. Okay. I, I was watching this film thinking, this is actually quite a, a fairly good ad- adaptation of the musical. And then I was thinking, actually, no, it's not. Like, that thing's not great. And it kind of looks like a musical script. Actually, I think, I believe the film came before the musical. Really? Well, it's a musical film. Okay. And then, then there's an interval and I was like, well, that's just bad imagination. <laughs> I think it was a thing at the time. I know Gone with the Wind also has an interval halfway through. Mm-hmm. But Gone with the Wind is over four hours long, so by God does it need one. But it's interesting, because now films today like routinely go over the two-hour mark. So if you're thinking like a, like a lot of Marvel and DC films... Well, films today, it's more fashionable to do multiple films. Split them up, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hours Part 1 and 2. Look at the Twilight films. True, look but at the Hobbit st- films. True, but they're still long films. They're still routinely over two hours long in themselves. That's true, but they're much better paced. Yes, I would agree. But it's even so... Like it's very common now to watch a two and a half hour film or even a two and a three quarter hour film mm. and not get bored. Yeah. <laughs> Disagreement? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, but like yeah. it happens. Like, all I'm saying, regularly. I've seen films in the cinema in the past couple of years mm-hmm. I would have appreciated in interval. Just just for a toilet break, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I never take drinks into the cinema. It's kind of a, a cinema thing. You used to go, you go with your, your popcorn and your Coke or you get a beer or something. But yeah. Which is a nice experience, but I never do it because I always think... Because I have the bladder of a 90-year-old man. And I think, like, <laughs> if I'm going, I was going to see a film more than 90 minutes long, I like, well, just feel like, well, there's no point having a drink because I won't enjoy the last half of this film because I'll just be willing it to end. Yeah. So I never do that anymore. I find I it think... adds uh, a certain tension. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I, I watched Saving Mr. Banks uh, after, well, during Two Pints. And uh, man, that film is tense. Yeah. <laughs> if you need the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> If you think about something like Lord of the Rings, though, like mm. three hours, if I, if I need the toy, need the toy like forty five minutes into Lord of the Rings, I'm screwed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yep. going to miss a key scene or I'm going to have a ruptured bladder. So and neither of which appeals to me. So, but I went into a film knowing that there was an interval coming, mm-hmm. much like at the theatre. Mm-hmm. If I go to the theatre, which I sometimes do, mm-hmm. and maybe have a drink first because I know you know if I need the toilet, forty five minutes an hour hour in, I can take a break. Yeah, but uh, yeah, films don't do that anymore. So I. I I mean, I was watching it at home, so I didn't appreciate the interval because I could just pause it. It was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, but, but also, 
what about when it comes back from the interval? It just plays an entire like three minute tune. Yeah, it does. I, I found it very weird. Doesn't it replay? Interval, doesn't but... it replay the scene from before the interval? And a little well? bit of that, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like it's a TV show. It's <laughs> yes. like oh, previously, last previously on. On. yeah, <laughs> yeah, strange, very strange. I know. I thought it was it, it was quite good. I had never noticed how bad the acting is in this. Dear God, yeah. um, until until this. Anyone specifically you wanted to point out as being bad acting? The children. Well, yeah, the, these children were not hired for their acting. Triple tarts and ice cream and all free. No. Or they're singing. No. Don't sweet sound like what they are. So do lollies in a lollipop jar. What were they hired for? Being cute little children. I don't think they were even that cute. They were kind of annoying. Yeah, I thought they were I think that was probably in the script, to be fair. Well, mm. They were... I mean, when they get kidnapped by the child catcher, it's kind of like, well, you deserve this. <laughs> yeah, they were very <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the dubbing in this? Did you notice it? I didn't really pick up on it. No, what, what, what specifically was dubbed? All of it. All the music. All the music. Oh, all the songs were dubbed. Okay. Mm. Did you not notice how the audio changed um, for the songs? Like you could hear a very clear audio change. Oh, really? No, I don't, <clears> that's not the kind of thing I usually pick up on. <clears throat> it makes sense, though. You do pick up on that. You picked it up on La La Land, and I didn't. True. Okay, yeah, but La La Land it actively irritated me. But mm. that wasn't the fact that it was dubbed. It was the fact that the sound quality suddenly got super low. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And also, that was in a cinema when you really attuned to those things. I was watching That's that true. on my laptop. So. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't really. I, it was When I saw how long it was, I, was like, I can't be bothered going over to the TV and plugging it in. and like... You can't be bothered. It's a long film. Yeah. Get it? Oh, God. <laughs> So do you think I should apologise for making you watch this film? No, no, it's, it's not a bad film. It's a film I've seen before. I did enjoy it. Yeah, we've it's seen a... many films before, but <clears throat> we're going to rewatch them all. Well, no, but it's not a film I've watched from start to finish in about maybe 15 years. So. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really done a musical yet. True. We've done... We've turned films, turned into, films musicals. into musicals. Yes, yeah. but we've never done a musical. So I think this is a good yeah. one to do. Actually, yeah, that's true. What's your favourite song in this film? Well, I think the most out-of-place song is the one about the sweets. Toot sweets. Toot sweets. Yeah. Toot sweets. Toot sweets. The toot of a flute with the flavour of fruit. What's that about? That bore no relevance to the plot. Why put a song there? I think that bore relevance to the plot because he's invented the toot sweets. And it, it, so it's explaining, you know, more so than. Well, one of my favourite songs actually is The Old Bamboo. Hey, the old bamboo, the old bamboo. You better never bother with the old bamboo. You can have the hat from your bamboo shoe, but you better never bother with the old bamboo. That's, yeah, that's, that's a really good that song. Is, that is my favourite song. Yes. But that is not... That's one that's like just out of nowhere. I mean, it's, he uses it to get away from the guy, but it's kind of... I suppose, yeah. Yeah. He, he, I don't know how he actually gets away from it. It just feels like he just joins the dance troupe and the other guy just gets bored and walks away. Because mm-hmm. that's not a way to not draw attention to yourself, to take yeah. part in a massive <laughs> stage number. Yeah. Maybe the guy doesn't want to make a scene. Yeah. But kind of, he kind of already has, because he's lost most of his hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you what? notice that was Barbara Windsor? No. That was by the, the girlfriend of the guy who gets put into the automatic haircut really? machine was Barbara Windsor of uh, yeah. EastEnders fame. And at the time, she was famous for Carry On films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for our non-UK listeners, Barbara Windsor is uh, it was an actress in one of Britain's biggest soap operas, EastEnders. Peggy Mitchell she played. I believe she's now retired. What was that catchphrase? Get out of my pub. I can't do I can't do a Barbara Windsor impersonation. But that's the best you're gonna get. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the songs are kinda of hit and miss in this one, aren't they? They are. It's yeah. not a classic soundtrack like Mary Poppins where every song is amazing. Yeah. There's like you've got Mill Bamboo, which is really fun, rollicking mm-hmm. kind of dancing. Trick Bang Bang's pretty yeah, good. Gets in your head. I have been humming that all week, Same. if nothing else. Yeah. yeah. And then there's 
a lot of the ones that kind of forget. What was the one that, uh, I've forgotten her name as well, the main woman. Truly Sculptious? How the hell did I forget that? What's the one that she sings? It's by herself. It's really slow. Oh, when she's playing the doll? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And it's like, what do you see when you see when you look? No, 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 not that, like much earlier in the film. Oh, the creepy stalkery one. I think so, yeah. Such a lonely, lonely man or something. I'm not too sure. I wasn't really listening. It's a very boring song. It's just what? Why is that even in there? It's a make her look like a insane stalker. Mm. I felt like she she really came on very strong in that. She did, yes. Yeah, it's like, I just met you. Let's get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people kind of were acting that way. It was yeah. quite hard. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the uh, the song she did when she was a doll? What do you see? You people gazing at me. That's one of the be- that's one of the ones I remember more as a child. That's and then, one of the memorable scenes. What's his name? Um Caractacus Potts. Caractacus Potts. One name. All the names really <laughs> roll off the tongue in this film. <laughs> Um, I really liked it when uh, when he was then singing Truly Scrumptious while she was singing her doll song. That was really nice, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Also, you know what else? Interesting factoid. Um, mm-hmm. The actress Sally Ann Howes, mm-hmm. um, she managed to get that doll scene. The, obviously, clearly she was lip syncing because, as you say, the audio yeah, changed. Yeah. But she managed to record it in terms of the movement, the choreography in one take. Really? Which is really hard because she was doing very robotic, you know, mm. doll movements. It has, to be, every, it has to be on the beat. So, yeah. Very That's good. I read. So, good for you, Sally Ann Howes. Not okay. just a low-rent Julie Andrews. Like, yeah. How long did it take to realise it wasn't Julie Andrews? Like, Instantly. I knew it wasn't okay. Julie Andrews. Yeah. Well, she she's very much giving like a low-rent Julie Andrews. True, true. She actually, Julie Andrews turned this down and she was like the next on really? the list. Yeah. Did this come out before or after Mary Poppins? After. after. And that's why Julie Andrews turned it down because she said it was too close to the role and she didn't want to repeat herself. So. Fair enough. It would have been, oh, these two again. Yeah, exactly. It would have been very weird. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, so Dick Van Dyke's back in this film. Yes. I found the accent work in this film confusing <laughs> why was he being british in this i don't think he was don't waste your pucker on some old day sucker and don't try a toffee or cream but the kids I were british think he was and the dad was very british i mean he's not known for his great accent no he's not but he's not doing he's <laughs> not doing a the burt from mary poppins. mary poppins accent he's not doing that you know true company. true yeah i feel like he's just not doing his act i think he's just speaking as dick van dyke yeah um, i think he was barely trying with acting stuff he was there for a bit of a show mm. but but it felt like everybody in this film was doing a different accent like even though most of them are supposed to like a family they're all doing different accent work mm. and then there's all and everyone else is doing really hammy accent work like the uh, the baron and the baroness are just really hammy go up with their oh, Bulgarian yeah, yeah. accents which are basically German accents yeah, yeah. they're very much German <laughs> yes even though it sounds like Bulgaria so it's confusing I can't think are they Bulgarian but no they're clearly supposed to be German so, yeah. yeah yeah who was your favourite character oh that's a tough one I don't think there is one Oh, God, no, I don't think there is either, because nobody's interesting. No, the, the child catcher <laughs> is obviously horrifying. Yes. And that, that's the one that sticks with you. That's the one everyone remembers. Yes. But, the other, yeah, the characters are either actively irritating like the kids, or they're kind of bland and forgettable, like Truly and Caractacus aren't really that interesting. It's the dad. But I guess, yeah. He's, he's my favourite character. Just the way that he's just dancing everywhere, and yeah. he's doing that weird sort of shoulder dance as he's walking sideways yeah, into his... Had it not been Dick Van Dyke, he is also, a great what, dancer. What's what his deal? What, the dad? Yeah. Oh, I found him super neglectful. And those kids are going to end up dead. Is that what you mean? <laughs> well, no, just like, 
he just goes and spends every day in this tiny little thing and like I'm going, I'm going to Africa yeah. and oh the dad oh you mean the, the oh the old... sorry yes so yeah. your favorite f- character was the the granddad then yeah sorry the so granddad the, the one who sings posh yes yeah which is an okay song yeah 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 Oh, the posh, posh, travelling life, the travelling life for me. First cabin and captain's table, regal company. Not very memorable, but it's kind of fun when you're watching it. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so, how, okay, I get that. Uh, yeah, I, was he supposed to be just kind of a mad old man kind of thing? I think so. Yeah, much. I think it was just like the crazy old man trope, yeah. Yeah, they were just sort of letting him do his thing. Yeah. I wonder what those kids are going to be in like 20 years' time when they grow up. Just they're not going to grow up, they're going to die. Yeah. One of these experiments is going to go horribly wrong and they're going to just die horrible deaths. Oh, man. Or you'll just forget to feed them and then he'll turn around one day and they'll just be like, oh, my kids are dead. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, bleak. Let's talk about the intro scene. Does this film... Okay. Do you think this film opens with a guy being burnt to death? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yes, it Which does. Which is a super dark opening. Yes, it is. They just don't touch, touch, yeah. touch it, So, so are we to then understand, because this is not something I picked up on when I was a kid at all, are we to then understand that the car is kind of alive because it's possessed with the spirit of the driver who died in the driver's seat? I just shivered. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because that does make sense, because that's the only explanation they ever give for the car like being somewhat sentient. Yeah, to, yeah. But yeah, that's so weird because it's a really grim opening. Yes, it is. It's like yeah, you just see you see him driving through all the grand, the car and the driver going all, all these grand prix, and then it kind of mm-hmm. crashes at this really violent crash and just explodes. Also, I didn't remember that at all. No, 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 me neither. So like when this was happening and I was seeing all, all this old style grand prix, I was like, how is nobody getting run over by all these cars? Like, there's people running out of the way of cars all the time, mm-hmm. and then that's how it concludes. Yeah. <laughs> But also the first of many scenes of children ne- very nearly being run over in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There are so many times that some kid almost gets like, yeah, smashed in this film. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that nobody else dies. But yeah, what a dark opening. Yes, like, it was. Oddly dark opening. Yeah. It just burst over so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit more about uh, the Baron and the Baroness. Okay. What did you think of them? I loved every joke when it was just him trying to kill his wife. Mm-hmm. And I never understood why. It felt to me like they were into some really kinky shit. Yes, it did. Because <laughs> she's like wearing full-on S&M gear in that, that my, yeah. chuchu, my little Chuchi face song. Oh, she's God. in like a teddy and like yeah. she's really... And the, yeah, and it feels like they're just into some weird like dark S&M like, you know, yeah. murder, sex, roleplay stuff. Yeah. Which I kind of enjoyed. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> well, yeah, it was interesting. You're my little Chuchi face. And you're my teddy bear. And they were really hamming it up. Like, they were chewing some seaweed. They? they were the best. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they were good fun. And I guess we have to talk a little bit about the child catcher. Yes. The Did, local paedophile. Yes. Your friendly local paedophile. Yes. Who clearly is just... I wonder if this, <clears throat> he, if he, his characterization invented the stereotype of what a paedophile... What we understand a paedophile to look and sound like. Which is obviously inaccurate. A paedophile yeah. can be anyone. But... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Nice chilling thought for you. Because it's not, obviously, it's not expressly, you know, it's not put out there in this film. This isn't, mm-hmm. it's not that kind of film, you know. Yeah, performed it before this, if that's how they were portrayed. And where, where does that come from? This idea that pedophiles are very effete and very kind of these mincing kind of. It, it's an interesting portrayal, right? Yes, it is. Um, Odd. What's that? Children, where are you? I know you're here somewhere. I've lots of lovely goodies for you. Well, Did it scare you as a child? Um, no, I don't think so. But I think that when I watched this, I was too young to really understand what was going on. And I don't mean the idea of, of imminent molestation. I just mean in general, did it 
did, did the character scare you? Uh, yes, I think he probably did. Yeah, it's the it's the one thing that really stands out in my memory. Hearing that the scene where they were, even though they totally deserved it, mm-hmm. when they run into the back of the van and it becomes, they realise they're in the back of the van. Yeah. Well, the the thing that scared me the most as a child was the Terminator, and I don't think anybody else, anything else, uh, lives up to that. No, that's because you watched that too early in life. That's yeah. Just irresponsible parenting, right there. Yeah. <laughs> I think an irresponsible brother, more likely. Oh, is it okay? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's that's pretty much everything I have on the film. Anything right. else? Um, no, I've got nothing else. Should we jump into it? Cool, okay. So it's uh, my turn to start this week. Yeah, what you got for me? So my sequel is, not the best title this week, but I couldn't think of anything. So it's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang 2, Return to Bulgaria. And it Great. is in fact, a, I'm taking advantage of the fact that this film is like the Philosopher's Stone. In the, not the film or the book, in the sense it is literally like the Philosopher's Stone, as described in the book, the Philosopher's Stone. Because mm-hmm. everybody who's in this cast is still alive. Well, not all the old oh, people, obviously, yeah. but Dick Van Dyke, still alive. Yeah. Sally on House, still alive. Yeah. Kids, still alive. So it's actually a direct sequel, despite the fact that it's 40 years later, it's bringing back some original cast members. Okay. Yeah. Great. So the year is 2017 and Gemma and Jemima, the two, Jeremy and Jemima, sorry, the mm-hmm. two children, they've long since grown up mm-hmm. and they're like in their 60s now and they have children and grandchildren of their own separately. This isn't like an incest situation. <laughs> there's, there's a detail here that you're going to really like and I'm really excited to tell you it. Okay. <laughs> You'll either really like it or you'll have had the same thoughts and you'll be really mad at me. Either way, I'm excited. Right. Okay, so I've really built up too much now. So, as the film opens, Caractacus Potts, who's now in his 90s, as is Dick Van Dyke, yes. arrives at the home of his granddaughter, Pepper Potts. <gasps> I did not get that, that idea. Good mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I'm very happy with that. Thank you, John. I wish I could say that this is a whole Iron Man crossover now, but I, I've not seen the Iron Man films. I oh, just, I just remembered. I remembered there was a character in some Marvel film called Pepper Potts. I was like, oh, I wonder what it is. So it, I, is it is Iron Man. It is, yes. so I, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's character in Iron Man. Yeah. So, but that is where it begins and ends, unfortunately, because I don't know the Iron Man films enough to turn it into that crossover. Okay. Although I was really, I would have liked to, but I just didn't have the background knowledge to do it. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he turns up at the home of his granddaughter, Pepper Potts, who, as we know from Wikipedia, or as I know from Wikipedia, w- works as the CEO of Stark Industries, so she's wealthy. Okay. He explains that he's been kicked out of his nursing home after his crazy experiments caused a stair lift to start firing, like, octogenarians out of multi-story windows. So right. he's like, he's rigged up a stair lift to be like, pew, 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 and all people <laughs> just flying out of windows, and it's all bad, so he's been, he's been kicked out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, he's turned up at his granddaughter's house, you know, saying, I need somewhere to stay. So Pepper is reluctant to take him in, but as it happens, she's currently... Does Pepper Potts have children in the Iron Man universe? No. Okay, in that ca- I didn't think so. So in that case, she's looking after her nephew and niece and nephew. Okay. For reasons. The yeah, parents yeah, are away yeah. on safari, whatever. Yeah. And she needs someone to watch them quite urgently, but she's got no time to look after kids while she's off saving the world with Tony Stark. So mm-hmm. some kind of Iron Man situations come up. So she needs mm-hmm. to like dash off and be you know, a sidekick or whatever she is she does. Sure, okay. Um, so not seen just them, Sorry? You've clearly not seen them, but yes. No, I've not. <laughs> My ignorance is really shining through here. Anyway, so it just happens. It's timing. She needs a babysitter. He turns up. It's like, fine, you'll do. I'm going to leave these kids in the care of a 90-year-old crackpot. You know, that's responsible. <laughs> and off she dashes. And that's the end of Pepper Potts in this story. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Goodbye, Pepper. Anyway. I like how you called him a crackpot. He's a crackpot. Correculous Potts. Correct. Yeah, I think that's where the name comes from. I think it must be. Yeah. yeah. So he's left with these, his great-grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And these are kind of modern, tech-savvy children who they're not remotely interested in a crazy old man rambling on about his inventions. So it's kind of a bit of an Abe Simpson kind of vibe from The Simpsons. Where, Great, yeah, yeah. You know, he's rambling <clears> on about his stories and they're just like barely tolerating him. Um, and no, they don't believe anything he says. You know, he's talking about the, the past and she's just bang bang all his inventions mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're just like, whatever, granddad or great granddad. You know. Anyway, one night... While I mean, by talking about Trish bang bang, it's just that car that he restored. True, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, there's not actually much to it if you think that half the story takes place in, in his, the realm of his, fantasy. Yeah, his well, actually, story. I'm kind of ignoring that plot point. That, well, that, that, that it's not real? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe it's kind of ambiguous. Like, okay. maybe, is this real? Is it a dream? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll see. Anyway, so one night, he's looking after them, and there's a raging storm outside. Uh, he, t- he tucks the children to bed, because they are young children. They are like, you know, eight and seven or something, but they're still mm-hmm. like tech savvy because kids are these days. So anyway, he tucks them into bed, goes downstairs to work on his inventions down in the basement or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's probably co-opted Pepper Potts' whole basement and turned into his personal lab while she's away, you know. Uh, anyway, suddenly he hears a loud crack of thunder followed by the sound of breaking glass. And so he races upstairs as fast as a man in his early 90s can race upstairs. Okay, so, yeah. You know, it could take anything up to an hour. Yeah. But he gets there, into the children's bedroom, finds the window open, the children's bed's empty. And pinned to the window is a note saying, you've been visited by the child catcher. Oh, I thought you were going to say Captain Hook. I'm not going to lie to you. Much of the sequel <laughs> is directly ripped off from the film Hook. So okay. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the last Hook reference we're going to get. I wasn't sure if you'd have seen Hook, but I need to tell you that, but yeah. Where I've seen Hook, are you mad? I don't, you're not consistent with the films you've seen. Yeah, mm. yeah well, okay. Well, yeah, the, 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 a lot of this is basically Hook. Mm-hmm. But anyway, with my own you know, twist on it. But, you know. Great. Obviously, he's quite distressed, and, but he's also very resourceful. So he races back downstairs, mm. yeah, give or take another hour or so. And uh, so I'm being a bit ageist in this, but he is in his 90s, you've got to be realistic. It's going to be a joke with like a stair lift or something. Yeah, I feel like that, there's going to be a lot of humour in this, because he is our main kind of protagonist. Yeah. I think there needs to be a lot of humour about these. he's 91. I feel like one thing Dick Vadai can do is bring humour out of places where humour shouldn't be. Exactly true. Yeah. And you've got to be realistic, he is in his 90s, he is going to be moving quite slowly, he needs to accommodate that. So yeah. You yeah. make a joke of it or it just becomes awkward and weird. Mm-hmm. So let's make the joke. Uh, so yeah, so he races down the stairs to his basement lab that he's set up and he sends out a distress beacon to the one person he knows can help him. So the distress beacon is much like the bat signal. It's like a light that he f- shines into the sky. Okay. But instead of a bat, the symbol is an umbrella. Any guesses? Mary Bobbins. Yes. So anyway. Full of crossovers. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I love a crossover. Uh-huh. So anyway, as the, the night goes on, the storm clears and morning comes and he's forced to switch off the beacon. Nobody comes because, you know, it obviously doesn't work in daylight. Yeah. Uh, so he's just about giving up hope and things look hopeless. And then suddenly descending from the sky, we see Mary Poppins on her umbrella, you know, still played by Julie Andrews, who's also still alive. <laughs> Very conveniently. So this this is the real kind of the, the expendables of like kid sequels. Like <laughs> just getting together all these like really old actors. Yeah, yeah. Because she's like, Julie Andrews is like 83 or something now. Mary lands and she looks, you know, she, she looks him up and down. And she says, Caractacus, you look like hell. <laughs> you know, he's aged. He's aged a lot. They've I not mean, seen each other in a while. How does she know him? We're going to get to that. Sorry. Yeah. So he's like, Mary, look, Mary, you don't like me. I don't like you, but I need your help. Because the child catcher has, has our great grandchildren. <gasps> oh. Mm-hmm. So now we get some backstory. Uh-huh. Maybe a flashback. So, back in the day, Caractacus Potts was a con artist going by the name of Bert, which is kind of from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two of them had a racket going where they would win the trust of wealthy London families and then rob them blind under the guise of teaching them like magical life lessons. Mm-hmm. So, the idea was that Mary would kind of infiltrate the household, posing as a friendly British nanny, and then she'd be leading them in a song of, you know, as a hearty round of supercalifragilistic expelladocious or spoonful of sugar or something. Mm-hmm. And while they were distracted, she'd also have left the back doors unlocked so Bert slash Caractacus could break in and steal all the family silver. Right. And that was the racket they had going on for all those years. This also explains why Dick Van Dyke had a terrible accent in Mary Poppins, because mm-hmm. he just adopted this character of Bert and just put on this really broad Cockney accent and yeah. for reasons. And so, but he, all the time he was actually Caractacus Potts. Mm-hmm. American, we assume. <laughs> we think. Just unknown, just yeah, unknown, unknown accent. Yeah, yeah. still, still unsure. 
So anyway, that was all going on back in the 60s or whenever that was, or the 20s, you know. Mm. And they also had an on-off relationship at the time, which resulted in Mary getting pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. who turned out to be Jeremy and Jeremiah. Okay. Jeremy and Jemima, sorry. Yeah. From, this, that's <laughs> repeatedly going to go wrong. But, you know, Mary Poppins, you can't tie her down. She's, mm-hmm. she's a free spirit. Mm-hmm. So she ultimately it's ended like up... a helium balloon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she ultimately ended up uh, abandoning the family to continue her life of crime, forcing him to, like, take care of the kids. Sorry, her life of crime? Yeah, her life of, you know, ripping people off. She was a con artist. That was her whole gig. <laughs> that's the point. Like, the, that, that how, nice family and how, how Mary did she Poppins. Rip, how did she rip off the Bankses? The same way she ripped off all the wealthy families. You know, while she was teaching them all those life lessons, Bert was in the back room stealing all the family silver. Crikey. That's the point. She was a massive con artist. Okay, yeah. carry on. You can't say her behaviour was not somewhat suspicious in that film. You're ruining my childhood. Just get this done. Get this over <laughs> with. It's my favourite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they have children together. She abandons them, goes, continues her life of crime. Mm-hmm. He's just forced to take responsibility to be a father. And this explains why in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at the beginning, there's no mother figure and she's never spoken of. Yeah. They've not seen each other in years and they're very bitter about with, towards each other. He's bitter at her for abandoning the family mm. and she's bitter at him because he moved on so quickly and ended up marrying what she described as a low-rent version of herself. Right. Because like I said before, Trudy, truly scrumptious, mm-hmm. is very much like a cheap Mary Poppins. Yeah. So and I feel like maybe that's clearly his type. You know, yeah, uptight okay. British people. So, Fair enough, you know, yeah. Uh, wearing far too many layers of petticoats and things. So yeah, so, yeah, so that happened. What do you think of the, uh, the, the beach scene where she's still wearing everything and they're all just wearing just just a swimsuit yeah that was weird because in the previous scene she's like oh, I can't possibly get wet and he has to go in and carry it and then suddenly yeah. she's like just racing around the beach in her petticoats like, yeah. like she's gonna have sand in every orifice <laughs> everywhere there's no getting that out of that every nook and cranny every nook and cranny she never even knew she had yeah anyway <laughs> speaking of truly the, the explanation for her no longer being around is that uh, she turned out to be a complete psychopath and uh, she'd been, it turned out before the events of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, she'd been stalking the family for months. That's how she accidentally ran into them. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he had to break up. Break is, that, up. is that how she ran into them like multiple times? Through yeah, the film? yeah. She was just waiting around. Mm. She had it all planned out. By the swamp? Yeah. So he had to, he characters eventually had to break it off of her when, when she got way too weird and intense. Mm-hmm. So that's why she no longer is in the scene. So anyway, with the help of, Mary agrees to help because they are her great grandchildren. She's not a heartless soul. So. Mm-hmm. With the help of Mary's umbrella, they travel to the child catcher's last known location, which is, of course, Bulgaria, where they're shocked to discover that this once opulent kingdom has now fallen into complete ruin. And uh, as it turns out, despite being child-hating sexual deviants, Baron and Baroness Bomburst were actually at the head of a strong and stable government. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. And um, so when Caractacus so, and Truly released the army... Of... getting political now, then? Yeah, you know me. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> died in the wall, Tory. Yep, I'm... yep. Listens, I'm not. I'm a staunch Labour, but anyway, um, <laughs> that's beside the point. I just thought it was funny the idea that they would be a strong and stable government because they're mm-hmm. clearly insane. But as it turns out, yeah, yeah, stranger things have happened. Yeah. So when Correcticus and Truly released the army of lost children at the end of Chitty Bang Bang, mm-hmm. they were deposed, and there was a power vacuum that ensued. Mm-hmm. And so all the adults have long since fled the kingdom and left as kind of a playground for these now feral children. Mm. And again, we're going for kind of a hook thing where another people don't age in Bulgaria. Let's just say that it's one of the, it's a magical place. So the kids are still there and they're still feral and, you know. They're still children getting... They're still children, yeah. Okay. So it's like, they're like the Lost Boys, essentially. They're basically the Lost Boys. Great. I might even refer to them as the Lost Boys a few times accidentally. So you just, Great, okay. Just so you know. So it's the same kids, much like in Hook. Uh, and so Mary and Caractacus are quickly, swiftly captured by all these feral children who don't recognise Caractacus because mm-hmm. he's aged considerably. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary attempts to win them over with a you know, rousing rendition of a spoonful of sugar, but they're not having any of that shit. <laughs> so they tie them up and you know, they're about to sacrifice them to their yeah. gods. You know? And just in time to save the next, Caractacus 
manages to convince them who he is by recreating his famous uh, doll dance from the original film. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, almost shattering a hip in the process, but he manages to get through it. And, uh, <laughs> and so they do believe he is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like that scene in Hook once again where, you know, Peter Pan is old and he, Robbie Williams is old and he's fat, but they, eventually something happens and they see mm. it's him. They remember mm-hmm. him fondly because he did save them. You know? Yes. So, yeah. So anyway, the pair are released and the children, you know, explain that the child catcher is known to have a lair just outside town. And they, so they recruit some of the children and they form a search party to go and scope out the lair. Mm. So they get to the child catcher's lair, uh, which is actually an abandoned fairground. And they hear the sound of children screaming and they follow that sound and they find the children who are trapped in a cage and being forced to listen to Michael Jackson's Heal the World on a constant loop. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, it's a terrible thing. Oh, um, so anyway, they run over to the children. There's no sign of the child catcher. So they run over to the children and just they're attempting to release them. The child catcher returns in his van of sweeties mm-hmm. and immediately like engages in a fight to the death with Caractacus. He's using sharpened lollipops as ninja throwing stars. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically an old man fighting a very effete kind of pedophile with sweets as for weapons. It's okay. visually hilarious. Does just he have anything stored in his nose? He could do, yeah. He could, I didn't think of that, but yeah, he should definitely use his nose as a weapon in some way. Yes. Either to poke him or just... You know, just maybe it, maybe it comes to like more sort of a hand-to-hand battle and then they end up sort of rolling around on the floor mm. and hand he just nose. like stabs him with his nose. <laughs> I would like that. Yes, I'd like that too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's obviously you can imagine it's a pretty hilarious fight scene that right there. Mm-hmm. So, and just as, as Caractacus does manage to gain the upper hand, because mm-hmm. he is the stronger of the two, despite his age. Um, so he's just managed to like wrestle the child catch to the ground. And then chitty chitty bang bang, the car comes speeding around the corner, almost mows him down. Doesn't. Wait, we haven't seen Chitty. This is our first sighting of Chitty. Okay. Uh, So he speeds around, and so Karatikas is forced to jump out of the way. Mm. And that allows the child catcher a moment to take advantage. He throws a handful of sherbet dip into Karatikas' eyes, blinding him. And then he manages to lasso his neck with a candy necklace thing. Yeah. And so he's like basically garroting him. So Mary and the boys are told that if they move, Karatikas dies. So, you know, Chowcatcher's got him in a very vulnerable position. Yes. And so they're all, they all have to, like, stand down. It's a standoff. And then the mysterious driver of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang steps out of the car. Would you care to guess? Somebody from Mary Poppins? No. Somebody from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No. Is it the granddad? No. Oh. He's long dead. Come on. He was, like, 80 in that film. Oh, man. Oh, I don't know. It's truly scrumptious. What did I forget her? Yeah. She's, Again. She's I think that's her fate. I think this is why she's bitter and twisted. So forgetful. She's very forgettable, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's truly scrumptious. Who is also, you know, the actress is still, Sally Ann Howes is still alive. She's yeah, in her yeah. mid-80s, I believe. Uh, but yeah, so obviously she's, you know, kind of a wizened old crone now. Mm-hmm. The character, the actress looks lovely, but you know. <laughs> anyway, she was already fairly unhinged in the original movie, but now she's completely mad. She's just bonkers. Mm-hmm. And so she explains that many years ago, several years ago, she tracked down Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the car, mm-hmm. and had him restored, which allowed her to get back to Bulgaria, where she teamed up with a child catcher to kidnap Kratika's grandchildren, great-grandchildren, mm-hmm. uh, so that she could lure him back, so, she, so they could finally be a family again. Because she still has it in her head that they're going to be a family and they're going to be together. She hasn't faced reality or something. Okay. All these years, she's been nursing this obsession, basically. So, Mary and the children are all tied up, uh, made to kneel down in the, in the open grass. Mm-hmm. And it seems like all hope is lost, you know. Tr- truly, and the child catcher totally have the upper hand in this situation now. Mm-hmm. But then, miraculously, the heavens open and it just begins to pour with rain. Consequently, the child catcher's candies go all soft. <laughs> and so, Karatikas is able to break free of the thing around his neck because yeah, the sweets yeah. are nice and soft now. And one of the kids tosses him an old bamboo, just a nice callback, <laughs> which he then uses to bludgeon the child catcher to death. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's an evil man, you know. You say that very calmly. Kill or be killed? Yeah. I've become a bit like sociopathic. alarmingly so. Yeah. <laughs> Every week, somebody dies a horrible death in my ones. I've become quite normalised with just saying, yeah, someone gets bludgeoned to death or someone dies a horrible death. Or, you know. cool, cool. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Harry's now looking around the room like for escape points. <laughs> yeah, your door's unlocked, right? <laughs> Not anymore. Also, how high is your balcony? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Listen to me, we're, we're wrapping up now. So yep, yep, yep. This is the high point of the film. So he's doing that, neutralising the child catcher. Uh, in the confusion, truly runs back to Chitty. Ch- back to Chitty. <laughs> it's so hard to say. It's so hard to say. It really is. Yeah. Fires up the engine. And she, she screams to correct because you need to step down or she's going to run down Mary and the kids. Okay. She will mow them down. And Mary, Mary though, who's kind of a hard ass, you know, mm-hmm. like for crime con artist, calls mm-hmm. her bluff. She's like, oh, just do it. Hit the gas. You'll still always be a low-rent version of me. Mm. You don't even have any memorable songs. <gasps> I know. Well, that really drives truly up the wall. Uh-huh. So she's enraged. She rams the accelerator. She speeds towards Mary. Yeah. But at the last second, Chitty dramatically swerves and drives headlong into a nearby Ferris wheel, which collapses instantly, crushing both Truly and Chitty. Oh, huh. Yeah. So then we don't know. It's kind of a Darth Vader moment at the end of Return of the Jedi. Is it Chitty having a moment of conscience? Or is it just that Truly is a terrible driver? Mm. Could be either. It's ambiguous. So, yeah. <laughs> we never know. But uh, anyway, the point yeah. is, she's dead. And the day is saved. And the children are then released. And they all ride Mary's umbrella back to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Iron Man based? Uh, yeah, yeah, L.A. L.A.? Oh, cool. Okay, so yeah, they all go back to L.A. Not the lost children. They stay in Bulgaria and uh-huh, live uh-huh. their lives. Uh, and it's a happy ending. And the children finally learn to respect their great-grandfather. You know, okay. Learn, oh, he's kind of actually quite cool. Yeah. Uh, Mary and Caractacus are reconciled after so many years being separated. Mm-hmm. And the film ends with just a nice, steamy, non-engineering lovemaking scene. <laughs> Get it on. Oh, lovely. Yeah, um, what happened to Treaty Treaty Bang Bang? He was crushed by the Ferris wheel. It was self-sacrifice. So like he did actually die in... Well, if a car can die, he was crushed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe after we'll have a post credit scene of like the wreckage of the Ferris wheel and then we'll just see like a headlight blinking. It's like <laughs> setting up for a sequel. Did it survive? Who knows, yeah. Well, I I like it and perhaps not the uh, love making scene at the end. I don't be ageist, you know, love is beautiful at all at all stages of life. Yeah, but I don't need to see that. <laughs> well I think the audience does. Because the whole film, the whole film is oh, the entire principal cast is people in the eighties and nineties. I like the idea of like having an oh, yeah, true. action true. adventure film that's all old people. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm not just being sick and weird and making like cheap ages jokes. I'm also striking a chord for old people. You hope. I hope. Yeah. You hope. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my idea. Mm-hmm. I'm also happy with the the name I've come up with, but I'm going with it anyway. It's called a shitty shitty romance. A shitty shitty romance. I like, it. <laughs> I like that. That's good. And not only is this a prequel to Tricky Tricky Bang Bang, but it's also a sequel to Mary Poppins. Uh, oh, we both had that crossover. That it, I think it's fairly obvious. It's, it's a do. pretty. I was just really hoping you weren't going to go with this exact route that I've taken, because okay. uh, I feel this is a very John story. Oh, really? Okay, but mm. I didn't. I presume so. No. Oh, good. Once again, we avoided. We dodged that bullet. Yeah, I think we, we were close this time. Okay. You know, one or two little bits, then we'll see. We'll okay. see. So this film is centered around Bert. He is the main character. Mm-hmm. Bert being the character from Mary Poppins, played by um, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Yes. yes. Um, who I've not actually got an idea for casting. Do you have anybody in mind who could... Who's a young Dick Van Dyke? Like a song and dance man. Neil Patrick Harris? Ooh. Yeah. Yep, yep, that works. Mm, cool. Great. <clears throat> okay, so uh, Neil Patrick Harris is playing Bert. Mm-hmm. Start with him, much the same as Mary Poppins. He's busking around Victorian London. Mm-hmm. He's got all these instruments on his back. He's doing a whole song and dance. And there's people around. Um, and it's all going very well. And then... He just fades out and just stops singing and he's just looking into the distance. And he's hallucinating that he can see Jane and Michael just playing in the park. 
Those are the kids from Mary Poppins. Yes, but it's only him who can see them. Okay, they're not actually there. People looking around, just like why is it, why is he stopped? And so this he... is a prequel to Mary Poppins. We're saying yes. Okay. No, right. no, no. Sorry, prequel to Trick Trick Bang Bang. A sequel to Mary Poppins. So this is after Poppins. the events of Mary Poppins, but before Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Okay, I've got you. Okay. Yeah. Don't really know how I can portray that, but anyway, as people look around, just like well, why is he stopped? And then he just sort of snaps back out of it and just starts singing again mm-hmm. and just finishes. Okay. Some people applaud him. Not many. He's not doing that well. Most people just leave. The police officer's still there. <laughs> and he, he, he goes as well. Some people give him some money, but it's not very much. Okay. And uh, well, he's, a, he's a little bit unhappy. Mm-hmm. We then see him walking home, and he, he breaks the fourth wall, as he does at the start of Mary Poppins, talks to the camera, starts saying that he's, uh, he's missing Mary, doesn't know, doesn't know where she is, and also he doesn't even get to see Jane and Michael anymore. They've now gone to boarding school. Okay. Which... I think is what they would do. Yeah, the rich Maybe. London kids, they'd end up in boarding school, probably end up massive sexual deviants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's quite unhappy and he's not really making very much money, but he does still have friends and he enjoys what he does. Yeah. He likes dancing about, playing music, <laughs> drawing on the street, sweeping Make it chimneys. Make sounds so tragic. And... <laughs> <laughs> like his guild from The Simpsons or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shiny shoes, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> we then cut to the next day. He's drawing on a pavement again, mm-hmm. one of his favourite pastimes. Even though it's a very gloomy London day, um, he's just drawing about sunny days in the park, maybe at the races, like it was with Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Um, all his drawings are extremely happy, even though London is just very grey and boring and it's not so nice. And then he looks up and down the street he sees somebody else doing the exact same thing that he's doing. They're also drawing on a pavement. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks, hey, this isn't very good for business neither of us are going to make any money if we're both competing like that so he walks over um and he asked them would you like to join me would you like to draw together and uh the person looks up and it's a beautiful woman okay um who is a new character okay who would you cast just as a beautiful woman somebody pretty who neil patrick harris would suit well if it's someone's pretty who neil patrick harris would suit it's gonna be channing Taysom or something <laughs> <laughs> hey he pulled it off and home at your mother yeah true i don't know anna kendrick it's Anna Kendrick. Great. <laughs> yeah, and so she says yes, and she, she comes over, and yeah, and so they start drawing together. And they're flirting through their drawings a little bit. Each drawing's getting a little bit more romantic. <laughs> Maybe one or two are getting a little erotic. I don't Does know. Does but... him just drawing a massive erect penis? And just drawing like an open <laughs> vagina? <laughs> yeah, not that far. Okay. But yeah, it's just getting you know quite nice and sweet and romantic. And then Bert draws the two of them on a date together. Okay. And... They're eating spaghetti, and spaghetti is in the shape of a question mark. Okay. As though, will you go to dinner with me? Okay. And she just grins at him, mm-hmm. um, as though to say yes. And then we start a montage. Okay. Maybe with a bit of music in the background, something like that. And it's the two of them just sort of starting up this great relationship. They're sweeping chimneys together, they're <laughs> busking, they're dancing about on the street, they're drawing, all, all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. At one point when we see them drawing... After a while, also we see like the seasons go by, and so it's clearly been a bit of time as well. Okay. And while they're drawing, uh, one thing that Bert draws is, will you marry me, with an engagement ring placed on top of it. Okay. And we see her very happy. He's kneeling down by the painting as well. Okay. And we see her very happy, just sort of saying yes, and he puts the ring on her finger and a kiss. And it's all lovely. Okay. The montage is still going on, by the way. This is all done in montage. This is all done in montage. Has she had a single line of dialogue yet? You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, let's say maybe he asks her name, and okay. uh, she says what it is. Her name is Betty, by the Betty, way. Betty, okay. Bert and Betty. Okay. Thought, yeah. goes, thought goes well. And as the montage goes on, she gets pregnant. Okay. Uh, and so is that in the montage? But yes, it is. Yeah. 
allowed him to use a little bit. She can no longer like support the weight of the bass drum on her back. <laughs> so she's having to just do like the accordion and stuff like that. Mm. Struggling to kneel down to paint on the pavement. At one point she gets stuck in a chimney. Who sends a nine month pregnant woman up a chimney? That's terrible. Well, that's just the I guess world, that's the time. The yeah. world they they needed to earn money. Well, true. The montage eventually come, comes to a stop. It was like this was like a 20 minute montage. <laughs> montage most, the movie. It is most of the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the montage eventually comes to a stop and uh, they're in their house. Oh, so they, they can afford a house. And this house is actually Betty's dad's house. Okay. His name is Bart. Bart. Okay. I've gone for a lot of very similar names. Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as you can keep track of them all. See fine. if I get confused. Imagine I will, and he's just letting them out one uh, one room. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only a, it's only a small house that he can afford in London, but most of the time he's out anyway. He's off. He, he's doing a few expeditions every now and then. Is he your classic kind of? Is he like the grandpa from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Where there's like, he's a classic like crazy old man style, or is he? Or is he rich? Uh, is a little he crazy bit. He's, poor? Is he crazy? he's he's not he's not rich, but he's not poor either. He's just normal. He's not like the Bankses. Okay, but you know he can afford this place. He's not struggling. Okay, fine. But, yeah. And so then they start having a serious conversation, one of their first for a while. And she's saying, what are we going to do for money when this baby comes? Like, we can barely afford to let this one small room. Mm-hmm. How are we going to support a baby? We need to earn more money. We can't, we can't do this just busking on the street and sweeping chimneys. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, I don't know. And at that moment, Bart comes home. Okay. And they start having a conversation with him as well. Of just like, well, I'm not sure if we can, if we can survive like this. Can we have some cheaper rent or something and he's like oh no I really can't like if you went any cheaper I'd have to get somebody else in yeah and so they say they're going to think about it a little bit grim and so then Bert has a conversation with Bart in private uh, Bert and Bart yeah I'm struggling with these names already this is a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) you made Um, this rod for your back I did Um, and he's saying that he really thinks he really feels like he should be providing, but she obviously can't provide right now. She's eight and a half months pregnant. She yeah. can't. She can't be working, and he's feeling absolutely useless because he can't bring in enough money to support this family, which he needs to. And so Bart says, "Well, I need to think of something." Then do you do you know anybody? And Bert's like, "Oh, I do know Mr. Banks." Oh. Like he goes to Mr. Banks. So he goes into the bank. Mm-hmm. Mr. Banks is is he the bank manager? I forget how Mary Poppins ended. Let's say he's I don't know. Yeah, let's say he is by now. And unfortunately, the bank has really worn him down. He's not a kind person anymore. Oh, dear. Big shame. Also, he's because he's missing his children. He's lost yeah. some of the light of his life. So he's okay. he's a bit bit mean. Okay. Um, in fact, no, he's not just a bit mean. He's very mean. Okay. He doesn't just turn Bert down. He actually gets him removed from the bank. Oh wow! What um, a monster. So all of Mary Poppins, you know, efforts to kind of bring out his humanity just came to nothing. Yeah. Waste of time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so Bert doesn't take this well. Goes back to Bart and explains. The whole situation, like, mm-hmm. that's just not going to work. I don't have anybody else that I can ask for money. Everybody else I know is just sweeping chimneys. And so Bart says, well, there is one thing that we could do, I guess. The bank's got plenty of money. They probably wouldn't miss any. If it... hmm. They're going to be bank robbers now. Yes. And so now they come up with an elaborate plan, which involves them being chimney sweeps, climbing down the bank chimney, which conveniently leads them into the safe room. That's a, it feels like a big security <laughs> cock up, but I'll allow it. Hey, it's Victorian times. They didn't have security then. And, Why uh, would you have an open fire in a... <laughs> who needs to like, warm themselves in a bank vault? Like... Nah, you don't want it to be cold in there. The metal would shrink and so it's worthless. 
Okay, sure. <laughs> I wish people could see your face. Like, please, accept, please accept this ludicrous um, explosion. Fine, I'll allow it. Continue. So they go ahead with it, and they do this bank heist. And while they're in there, they're breaking into the safe. They're in the safe room. Um, they're breaking into the safe. But as the idiot he is, um, he starts humming just one of his tunes. Now, walking outside of the safe room, bear in mind there's a lot of locked doors there, so they can't just get in, is the policeman who was actually in the opening scene. Uh-huh. And he hears something through the door. And so he puts his ear to the door and he hears that it's Bert humming this song. So he recognises him. And so he just shouts through, Bert, is that you? <laughs> just without thinking. Didn't think to like call back up or anything. Uh-huh. And Bert instantly goes quiet, doesn't say anything. Bart by this point has got the safe open. Okay. And so they just quickly take the money and leave. Okay. Up the chimney again. Uh-huh. Shimmy up. Yeah. yeah, just shimming up the chimney. They How actually... old is Bart? How old is Bart? Uh... 40? Oh, I guess in Victorian times, you could be, today you could be have 40. You know? so, so Anna Kendrick is like 20 then, I guess. In yeah, yeah, I guess. In real life, she's like 30. But that's just, sure, sure. She always plays younger. Okay. Fine. I don't know. They climb the chimney. Uh, they had to leave their brooms behind so they can carry the money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they run home. When they get home, they find the worst thing imaginable. Betty has gone into labour okay. while they were out. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know what to do. She's way too far into labour and it's all started to go wrong. There's blood everywhere. Oh, God really bad mm-hmm. so they call an ambulance which takes a little while to get there I guess because mm-hmm. back in the day and the, ambul- the ambulance comes it arrives and they get her in there and on the way to the hospital uh, she dies oh this is bleak yeah so depressing um, <laughs> <laughs> she was midway through giving birth to the baby as well the okay. baby dies too oh my wow <laughs> yeah it uh it, it gets pretty dark at this see point. mine are dark and funny yours are just grim <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry this is like your harry potter one when it was just like it culminated in a mass suicide like, <laughs> bring some jokes in for god's sake man like... and then bert sang a song no <laughs> <laughs> my dead baby my dead baby sorry <laughs> and so yeah everybody's obviously a bit sort of broken up about this and uh-huh. um, Who's this film for? Oh, don't ask that question. I was really hoping you wouldn't ask that question. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, carry on. And so Bert is just praying for some kind of a miracle, just absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor on the ambulance says, we'll need to get back very quickly if we're to save the other two babies. Oh, she had triplets. It turns out it's triplets. Uh, accidental okay. triplets. I understand that. Okay. Took a bit of a friend's route there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, obstetrician, you know, gynecology was not what it is today in the Victorian time. True, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And so... They do go back to the hospital, and Bert and Bart get sent to the waiting room, and Betty, or Betty's corpse, gets, <laughs> um, it gets sent in for a caesarean to cut her open. Oh, God, so the two babies were inside the dead woman, it was like... Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, grim, 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 grim. Okay. Yeah, very... You really went to a dark place this week, Harry. Uh-huh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I've got my reasons. Okay. Yes, and so, after a long wait, and a lot of tears, they've been talking about it, they don't know what they're going to do, because... Well, Bert is now a criminal, and not just a criminal, he's a known criminal. Yeah. The police officer recognised him, and so they don't know what they're going to do. They know, the police know where they live. Mm-hmm. They don't know where they are right now, but they can't go back home. Yeah. And so they don't really know what to do. Then the doctor comes out with two babies, mm-hmm. and they're both healthy, they're both fine, which is good. Yeah. And in the meantime, Bart has decided that uh, they're going to leave London, and they're just going to change their names, move to the country, and just try and start new lives. Completely new. And so they come up with the first names they can they can imagine. Um, take a guess. <laughs> well, it's Caraculus Potts and... Yeah. Did he have a name? I don't know. 
Grandad Potts? Grandad Potts. I have no idea what that guy's <laughs> name was supposed to be. Yeah. So they both take the name Potts. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they uh, they move away to the country. Um, Bart, who does manage to stay unconnected from the, the bank robbery, mm-hmm. does manage to sell his London house. And that's how he can afford a country house. Yeah. And they do still have the money from the bank anyway. Yeah. But Bart is much more shaken up about the loss of Betty. Because mm-hmm. not just she was his daughter, but also it was his idea to do this bank robbery mm-hmm. that meant that nobody was taking care of her. Okay. And so he thinks it's his fault okay, that she's dead. Guilt. Yeah, okay. And so he slowly falls into insanity. Oh, uh, okay. And so, he's, oh. and so he's just always thinking that he's he's off traveling. Okay. He, he's, he's always stuck on that day that he was going to leave and mm-hmm. go to Africa or go yeah. to the South Pole or wherever he was going to go. And... Bert, on the other hand, he's got the, these two lovely children who they're the only thing in his life that make him happy. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing that can make him happy, because he doesn't think he can support them, mm-hmm. as is clearly established in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. And so the only thing he thinks can is Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. So he he decides to spend all that money that he stole from the bank, not just on a little bit of living and raising the children on a small budget as possible, but trying to fly so he can go and find Mary Poppins. Oh, Wow, you really thought this through. <laughs> it all came together at the end. <laughs> there was not that much thought at the start. And that's it. Well, it lives up to its title. <laughs> <laughs> a shitty, shitty romance. Shitty, shitty romance. That, that was bleak. But yeah. yeah. It works, though. It's good. I can't imagine anyone wanting to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it's I was like hoping a... you wouldn't say, who's this for? Because yeah. I do not know. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Mary Poppins sequel as directed by Lars von Trier or something. <laughs> yeah. Bleak. But no, it all comes together, though. Like yes, it, it does all come together. Yeah. I think it's a good way to... It's not a good way. It's a way that connects the films. It does. It's yeah. quite well. And yes, there has to be a dead mum in there somewhere. Unless you take my route and Mary Poppins is the mum. Because, right? mm. yeah, that happens a lot in, in films, in the kids' films. It's always, there's always a mysterious missing mum that yeah. you never explain. Yeah. Like pretty much every Disney film. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, a shitty, shitty romance. Yeah. Very, very good. I'm impressed. Oy. Yeah. So, what have we got next week then, John? Uh, well, before that, we do have some fan submissions. Ooh. Okay. Always so, good time. Yeah, yeah. So, we have Mark Miller, at Real Mark Miller, and that's M-I-L-L-E-R Miller, M-A-R-K for Mark. So, Real Mark, at Real Mark Miller says, he wants some kind of through line that links Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to Christine, which is a Stephen King horror movie about a killer car. Okay. Uh, Knight Rider, the 80s TV show about a car that's also a detective. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Herbie the Love Bug. Do you know Herbie? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a <laughs> Disney franchise about another car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so some kind of family lineage of personified cars, and maybe throw in the bed from Bedknobs and Broomsticks as well. Oh, great! Yeah. So I thought that was kind of like the Expendables, like car edition, like <laughs> Expendables for Holy Moses or something. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Would it cross over with cars? It could cross over with cars. Well, I think the idea is that these are old cars, uh, whereas yeah, the true, cars and cars are you know new characters. But I don't see why not. Fair enough. Yeah, I think, I don't know whether it's telling about this film or Cars that nobody nobody thought to make that connection. Right? Mm, mm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Probably Cars. Yeah. Launching the Pilot, which is a podcast, at Launching T Pilot. Mm. This is called Chitty Chitty Bangs Bang. <laughs> and in this version, the car is found and restored, but then it goes on a killing spree because it is evil. Okay. <laughs> Straightforward. Just mowing people down. Yep. Okay. Uh, Blokebusters, at Blokebusters. Oh, yeah. Who've Loved these guys. Before. Yep. Loyal every week. They give us some good ideas. So in this one, Chitty is found in a shed by a teenage boy mm-hmm. who fixes her up and goes on a madcap adventure. And also, let's say he's escaping a broken home for drama purposes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very very workable. Very realistic. Yeah, yeah, good. good. Do you think of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as male or female? 
Um, is it mentioned? I don't think it is mentioned. No, I, I guess um, if it is possessed by the spirits of the dead driver, it's a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never really thought of it, but I was thinking more female. But I don't know why. I think it's quite common, isn't it, to refer to inanimate objects as she? You know what I mean? Like if it's like, oh, she, she's... well, now I think I'm just making the similarity to Herbie. Yeah, was Herbie a female? Maybe. I've not. I, I've... Herbie not white and pink. Yeah, I've not really seen the Herbie films. No, they're, they're a weird gap in my childhood, like classics. Yeah. Herbie feels like a feminine name. No, Herbie, anyway. Herbie's a boy's name. Is it? Yeah, Herbie's a boy's name. Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, I don't know. Anyway, uh, and last but not least, the Tom and Jack podcast, which is at Tom Jack podcast, uh, they said they wanted to see a film, a Tim Burton film, in which Tim Burton directs Johnny Depp as the child catcher. Oh my. Which is horribly plausible. <laughs> I can 100% imagine that film being made. Like if there's I ever, could, a, I couldn't think of better casting. Yeah, no. If they were to do like a straight remake of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which one day they clearly will, because mm. everything gets remade, mm-hmm. it's clearly going to be. And if Tim Burton gets that director's job, which he'd probably take, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff he does now. Uh, yeah, clearly Johnny Depp will just basically reprise his role as Willy Wonka and just play the child catcher. Yeah, I could definitely see yeah, that. Wow, that'd so be so going to happen. Yeah. So thanks for those guys. Yeah, All thank very you. Good. Keep them coming. If you have any ideas for sequels you'd like to see, so Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, or any film we've done in the past, or for next week's film, which I'll announce shortly, mm-hmm. uh, you can get in touch with us at uh, Beyond the Box Set. We are on Twitter and Facebook at, uh, at Beyond the Box Set. Uh, our website is beyondtheboxset.com. Yeah, you can find us on all your favourite podcasting platforms, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Player FM, Pocket Casts. And we certainly love your subscribes and reviews. Yes, please do. We're up to, I think, 36 reviews. Crikey. If we get to 100, we will pose nude. Uh, You look more hopeful about this than I do. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, we'll we'll pose nude. we get to 100, we'll pose nude. Uh, So there's an incentive. I'm not agreeing to this. Uh. (laughs) Look, we need those reviews. You've got to do it. You've got to to hustle. Um, Mm. Anyway. Yeah, so it's my turn now to pick a film. Okay. Yeah. And so I've decided to take a big left turn. Uh, Just a you know, child classic. Okay. No, no, no. Just a left turn from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I mean. It's still a mainstream film. Okay. I'd be interested to know if you've seen this or not yet. So I don't think we've done a thriller yet. Like a thriller thriller. So I have decided we're going to do a film called Gone Girl. Oh. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Okay. Oh, I really like that film. Oh, good. Okay. That's going to be... Yeah, that's going to be really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that we do a lot of... um, Taking a fun film and turning it into a thriller. Yeah. I think we should try and do the opposite. Yeah, make, so we can make this fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a challenge. But uh, yeah. I don't want to hem in my creativity, though. I'm no, not me... promising that I'm going to do a happy sequel. Me neither, but uh, let's hope that at least one of us gets something. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so tune in next week for Gone Girl. And yeah. as, as I said, please send us your ideas for what you'd like to see a sequel to Gone Girl be, look yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that'll be us next. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, brilliant. Great. Catch you on next week then. Bye. Bye. Bye.